Thanks for joining. This episode is entitled, Give Us a King. The verses come strictly from the Bible, the thoughts that come after the Word of God are my thoughts, and the way I see things may have occurred. Prologue We are still in the first book of Samuel. Samuel is between the ages of 55 to 65. The Israelites settled in Mizpah. Samuel implored them to throw away their false gods and recommit to the Lord, which they did for a time, that is. The Philistines were coming up against the Israelites yet again. Samuel cried out and sacrificed a suckling lamb as a burnt sacrifice on Israel's behalf. The Lord answered Samuel's cry and saved Israel from the enemy's hand. The Lord subdued the Philistines from invading the Israelites' territory for the remainder of Samuel's lifetime. Though Samuel spent time judging in Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah, he always returned to his home in Ramah. We start out with the first book of Samuel chapter 8 verse 1 to 22. Verse 1 Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Samuel is assigning his sons to judgeships throughout Israel. This was unusual because God appointed judges. Verse 2 The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah, they were judges in Beersheba. We meet his first and secondborn, Joel and Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba located in the southernmost part of Israel. Verse 3 But his sons did not walk in his ways, they turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Samuel's sons were reminiscent of Eli's sons Hophni and Phinehas. See the first podcast Eli and his two Belial sons. Samuel's sons took bribes, obtained gains in an evil manner, and they prevented justice for themselves and others. Kind of reminds me of some of the judges in America. Verse for then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. Samuel went back to Ramah, he judged Israel from there, and he built an altar to the Lord there. He's chillin', doing his thing and here comes the elder board of Israel. Verse 5 And said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. The elder board says, Sam, you're old. You gave your sons jobs as judges throughout Israel, but they are corrupt. Just give us a king so we can be like the other nations. We would rather take our chance with a king than your boys. There were several reasons that Israel wanted a king, one. They wanted to be like other nations. Two, Samuel's sons were corrupt and they didn't want them presiding over them. Three, the twelve tribes had problems getting along with each other. Four, they wanted someone to go before them in a war. The fact that the Israelites wanted to be like neighboring towns reminds me of being in high school and wanting to be part of the in-crowd, but not knowing what it takes to be there. Verse 6 But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Samuel says to God, Did you hear what they said? God's like, uh, yeah. Samuel continues, They speak as if I haven't spent my entire life serving you and them. Samuel is upset at the rejection of his leadership. Verse 7 And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. The Lord says, Samuel do as they ask, it's really not about you, it's about me.
They failed to see me as their king. They preferred man's will over God's will. Verse 8 According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods so they are doing to you also. God says, How do you think I feel? I brought them out of Egypt, showed them signs and wonders, and just gave them victory over the Philistines. They act as if I don't see them worshipping other gods. And now they further insult me by asking for a king after all I've done. Verse 9 Now therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. Give them what they want but with a stiff warning of the king's self-serving attitude that will go on for centuries. If they want a human king then that's what I will give them. The people wanted the glitz, glamour, pomp, and circumstance they saw in other kingdoms. The only problem was they would be slaves to keep up the lifestyle of the king. Verse 10 So Samuel told all words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. Samuel lays it all out there for the people. Verse 11 And he said, This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. The king would take their sons and make some of them horsemen and others would be runners. The runners would run ahead and announce the king's arrival. Verse 12 He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties, will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. The king would make a standing army, meaning a permanent sometimes professional army. Those who weren't in the army plowed the ground, there were others who made weapons for war and equipment for his chariots. Verse 13 He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. These women would work in the palaces and serve, the king, his court, and servants. Verse 14 And he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give to his servants. Verse 15 He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage, and give it to his officers and servants. Verse 16 And he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, and your donkeys, and put them to his work. Verse 17 He will take a tenth of your sheep. And you will be his servants. He would take the men and women that would otherwise assist their families and businesses and he would now make them servants of his. All of Israel would become his slaves. He would then take the best of their crops and flocks. He in turn charged them a royalty tax and took their property for his benefit. Crazy, right? Verse 18, And you will cry out in that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. The people asked for a king but when they realized the yoke that they put around their own neck it would be too late. They would cry out for God's help but sadly he wouldn't hear them. Verse 19 Nevertheless the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but we will have a king over us. Though Samuel told them what this king would do to them, still they wanted a king. They didn't care that they would be slaves but they were also signing up their sons and daughters to slavery. Verse 20 That we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Verse 21 And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. Samuel listened to all the words of the people without interruption and reported it all to the Lord. 
Verse 22 So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. The king that the people wanted and what God wished for them was glaringly different. God told Samuel to listen to everything they said and make them a king. God wasn't opposed to them having a king, he just had a man more like him in mind and it wasn't a king like the ones in the surrounding nations. In Deuteronomy 17 verse 14, it states, When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, and possess it and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. God knew in Deuteronomy that the Israelites would ask for a king in the book of Samuel. Though it pained him, he knew they would cry out in agony before it was all over. Deuteronomy 17 verse 15, You shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your brethren you shall set as king over you, you may not set a foreigner over you, who is not your brother. The Lord desired for the Israelites to choose a king among them and not someone who was foreign to them. Deuteronomy 17 verse 20, That his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. God's king was to keep the law, make himself a copy of the law, read it daily, have the law with him in his possession at all times, and finally obey the law completely. Another interesting point is that the king wasn't to think of himself as higher than others. Isn't that an interesting tidbit? Nevertheless, these were the realities of kingship at the end of the second millennium BC. Thinking about the world today and most recently the death of Queen Elizabeth II, there is much talk about the monarchy and how antiquated the system is in this day and age. In my personal opinion, I prefer to live under the farce of a democracy than the truth of a monarchy. At least in America, we are made to believe that our vote counts, though in some instances that is not true. That's all I have for Give Us a King. Stay tuned for the next podcast. Hear you there.